Welcome to Marketing Mistakes and How to Avoid Them. Here's your host, Stacey Jones. Welcome to Marketing Mistakes and How to Avoid Them. I'm Stacey Jones, and I'm so happy to be here with you all today, and I want to give a very warm welcome to Tom Schwab. Tom is the Chief Evangelist Officer of Interview Valet, an inbound marketing media agency that leverages podcast interviews to drive sales. With his white glove service, he helps speakers, brands, authors, and more increase their exposure and gain leads by turning them into podcast pros and finding them the best shows for, to be able to appear on. Through his business, he's worked with over 700 brands. And aside from being a successful entrepreneur, Tom is also the published author of three books on podcasting and how you can do it better. Today, Tom and I are going to be chatting about approaching marketing by not making it perfect. I'm sure all of you are like, not perfect, it has to be perfect. Especially, though, around thought leadership and podcasting. We'll learn what works from Tom's perspective, what should be avoided, and how some businesses just miss the mark. Tom, welcome. So happy to have you here. Stacy. I'm thrilled to be here. But what I'd love to do with our guests is start off our journey together on you sharing what got you to here today? How are you this guru on all things thought leadership building and podcast building? And you've spoken on over 1,200 podcasts we were just talking about. So this is the man, obviously, you have it dialed in. But how did you get here today? Well, and how do you do all of that from Kalamazoo, Michigan, right? Yeah. So I started as an engineer. I was not a good engineer, but uh, I graduated from the U.S. Naval Academy. I run nuclear power plants, and it taught me systems, right? S success comes from proven systems. So I took that. I worked in the corporate America, worked in sales and marketing, um, then started my own business, uh, which was uh, one of HubSpot's first e-commerce case studies. Uh, built that up and we sold that business off. And as we did that, uh, we looked at it. And one of the things that I, I looked at is like, you know, 15, 20 years ago, the hack that we all used to use was guest blogging, right? Instead of writing a blog here, having it read by three people, you know, thanks mom for reading my blog. Um, we would put it on other people's blogs, tap into their audience. So right around 2015, I started to think, wow, I wonder if you could do that same thing on podcast interviews. We started to test it. It worked great. Uh, at, you know, my, I'm an engineer, so I'm like, no, this has got to be wrong. So we tested it uh, on different, different talents, different um, verticals, and we found out that it really worked great. And with that, wrote a cheesy little book, did a cheesy little course that I never released from beta because the people that were honest with me just said, you know what? I want to be the guest. You take care of all the rest. And I'm like, oh, that's good copy. I'm taking that. Uh, and so with that interview, Valet was born. We've grown over seven years to be serving about 150 clients at a time. We've got an amazing team of 35 people uh, in Europe and the United States. That's awesome. And I've worked with them before because they, your team has actually booked quite a few guests on this podcast. Uh, and we've got quite a few mutual friends in the podcasting world. It's, even though it's grown, it's still a, a small interconnected group. It is. It's definitely a relationship business. And it's so interesting and fascinating because it's a certain type of people who are really attracted to, I think, podcasting and thought leadership. And they're very driven individuals. 
And having a service like Interview Ballet helps a lot. Cause like we do this podcast that everyone's listening to from our agency. Like we edit it, we source our guests, we do everything, the kit and caboodle, but we're an agency and we do marketing. For companies who are not that, you know, having a turnkey option where you can go in and actually have someone problem solve, get things lined up, help you um, get actually booked on other people's podcasts is really, really important. And just from the same way people turn to you for the expertise, they turn to us for expertise. We work with a lot of, you know, agencies, PR agencies, marketing agencies, book publishers, because all we do is podcast interview marketing. So we have an understanding of what works because it's not just about getting on a podcast, right? That's an ego thing, but how can you get on the right ones that really make a difference in the business and the brand? And then also how can you have a system that moves people from being just a passive listener to an active visitor and engaged lead? And that's something that we've really uh, focused on and shared really over the last seven years on what we've learned. So I know our topic is something a little different, but I'm very interested right now. What is it that you've learned? Like, what are some of the top takeaways that, you know, you're seeing people who podcast make mistakes on doing? Like where, you know, they're approaching this and they're like, I'm going to be a podcaster. I'm going to get myself booked on as many podcasts as possible. Like, is that the right way to do it? Or is there actually a strategy? And I know there is to be more successful. Yes. And that came from trial and error. And a lot of it was my error, right? Uh, people introduced me and they're like, oh, you've been on over 1200 podcast interviews. To me, that's embarrassing, right? Now, granted, this is over eight years, but originally I was just like more, more, more. And what I realized is that more is not better. Better is better, mm-hmm. right? So why don't you focus on doing better interviews? Why don't you focus on doing more with each interview as far as promoting it, repurposing it? Um, instead of, you know, some people go out there and they, uh, they do it like 50 first dates, right? Is, is that really what you want to do? Is that how you want to be judged? Is that what, how you want to be seen in there? So we've, we've made all the mistakes. I always say um, that checklists are written in blood you know, make sure it's somebody else's blood. Most of it's mine. But like one of the things that was heresy when we first started to promote it was this idea of three calls to action, right? Every marketer knows one call to action. That's all you ever give. But we looked at our data. We actually showed it to HubSpot, who's been a client. And they're like, yeah, that makes sense. And, you know, it's because it's not digital marketing. It's more like uh, a digital stage. And if you were on a physical stage, you wouldn't just tell people one thing, send them to a, a squeeze page, right? Meet them where they are. And like one of the things that we have seen is give people ways to say yes, give them a small yes, could be come back to the website for a, a, an assessment, a checklist, something like that, something that doesn't take a whole lot of time. Then when you're on there, uh, give a, a medium yes right? It could be a free copy of the book. It could be a webinar. It could be something that's going to take a little bit more time or money. And then for God's sake, if somebody listens to you for 30 or 45 minutes and they're like, oh, Stacy, Stacy understands us. She works with people like us. We have got a huge problem. We got to talk with Stacy. 
Well, you know, whales don't swim through funnels and big fish don't click. Don't slow them down. If they come wanting to talk to the, to the wizard and they've got a credit card in hand, let them talk to the wizard. So give, find out ways in a podcast interview that you can give a small yes, a medium yes, and then that heck yes. And that is very smart because it's amazing how many times, and I will say, we'll have guests on and we encourage, you know, this is a platform where, you know, the goal is that you are educating our audience. And we also, though, want our guests to be able to do a shout out so our audience knows where the heck to find this person besides our show notes page and what to actually do if they wanted to get more information. And it's amazing how many people don't actually come with any of that in hand. Or, or the ones that I, I just cringe when I hear at the end of the interview. Well, how can people get in touch with you? Well, you can go to my Instagram here. You can, you can call my cell phone here. Um, I'm on TikTok here. And it's like, don't you understand? You know, 70% of the people listen to it sped up. And they're multitasking when they do it. So if you give me all of these options, you're just confusing me. I'm not going to be able to find you. Make it simple. Make it one dedicated place for them to go to. We call it a welcome page, right? Because this is evergreen content. If I tell you to go to interviewvalet.com, guess what? That page is going to change. And if if you go there two years from now and I started to, to promote something or promise something and it's not there, that traffic is going to bounce. So make sure you've got an evergreen page for the evergreen content. What are some of, you know, when we, when I first introduced you, you know, I said that we're going to be talking today about not making your marketing perfect. And, and I know that just like curdles some people's blood. They're just like, you're talking about writing things in blood. Other people are like, no, I have to be perfect. I'm a perfectionist. If it goes out and it's wrong, it's going to cost me clients. Why do you say that? And what do you mean by that? Well, first of all, I, there's no such thing as perfect, you know, and often I will share my experience when I try to get something perfect, it's because I'm trying to avoid something. And it's usually an awkward conversation or putting myself out there. And the thing that I've realized is that you can't say enough of the right things to the wrong people or the wrong things to the right people. So if someone resonates with what you're saying and they turn you up, you know, they're going to be a great customer. If somebody listens to you and they're like, I don't get it. You know, Tom sounds like a, I don't know if he's an idiot or an idiot savant, but I just don't get, get it. Well, that's fine. It doesn't mean they're a bad person or I'm a bad person, but guess what? They're not going to be a great customer. And I don't want to waste their time, you know, uh, making them a lead, nurturing them, all the rest of that. You know, I, I believe in life, there's two answers, heck yes and no. And that's what you want to help listeners get to and also customers and leads. And I think there's this, been this thing in digital marketing where it's always, you know, you're one funnel away and, you know, how big is your list and, uh, you know, how many likes did you get on something? To me, it's really how many quality conversations did you have after the podcast interview? And those are what's really going to drive your sales. And those quality conversations after the podcast, that's what's so amazing about podcasting. They might not come directly upon release. That might be six months, nine months, or even six years down the line. 
It is. And I, it's amazing. I'll talk to somebody and they're like, I heard you on this podcast and they'll mention it. And I'm trying to think, when did I do that? Or I think the great podcasts for a podcast to go viral doesn't mean how many downloads it has. It means when it jumps from just your ears into your conversation. And that's always amazing. You can tell somebody that's a reader because they're forever saying, you know, I read this book the other day and they talked about this. You can also pick out somebody that is a podcast listener where they'll be like, you know, I was listening to this podcast this morning and Stacy was talking about this marketing mistake. And all of a sudden it's jumped from being a podcast to being a conversation. And to me, that's where things really go viral. And sometimes that can be very, very important. When we've got clients that say, I want to talk to Fortune 100 CEOs. Can you help me with that? I'm like, yes, we, we can. We have helped people with that. But my bad news is there's not a podcast called the Fortune 100 CEO podcast with 100 downloads per episode, right? Um, but what podcast would they be listening to? And what podcast would those people that influence them be listening to? Because I can't tell you how many times I've had people say, hey, Tom, I listened to this podcast. I think this would be great for you. Start to start to listen at minute 13. That's where the good stuff was. And so from that referral standpoint, that's where it can be so, so powerful. Where do you see ways that people can be leveraging their podcasts, their guest experiences in bigger opportunities and in, in directions? Mm -hmm. I believe exposure brings opportunity. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it's not always, you know, I want to be on a bigger podcast. I want to be on a bigger podcast. I, I learned this early on. So I was on, uh, uh, at that time, it was probably the biggest podcast I'd ever been on. And it was just a generic podcast without my ideal listeners. And, you know, it was an ego thing, right? that I could say I was on there. I got a couple of, uh, a couple of dozen leads from it. Uh, nice people and everything. And then shortly after I was on another podcast and the host came on and we were talking beforehand and she's like, uh, yeah, I get 150 downloads per episode. All right. I, I don't know if I would have been excited if I had known that, but I, I was just like, these are my ideal customers, right? I went on a podcast that had 150 downloads per episode, and I could point to 20 clients that came from that. Yeah. And I sort of, I sort of looked at that and was like, yeah, there's more fish in the ocean than there are in a barrel of fish, but I would much rather find that barrel and go there every time yeah. than go out on a boat, get seasick and keep dropping my line in the water and hoping I catch something. Uh, and that's something that I think goes against what digital marketing is telling us. Bigger is better. Now, better is better. Yeah, especially I think with podcasting, it's such a hard world to understand as far as where the listeners are. And, you know, it, it's, it, it's cut and dry as far as, okay, this is how many downloads you get. But the life of that, the conversation extension of that, and also when people are repurposing podcasts, if you happen to be on a podcast that turns the transcript into a blog like we do, and you know you cut out little bits and snippets of video, and as a guest, you can be doing this too and repurposing them across your own platform. So that one podcast experience can actually be turned into a beast of content. 
And you think about it, everybody that listens to that podcast has opted in. And the studies show that 70% of the podcasts, they listen to the entire episode. I remember talking to a client one time and they said, well, I don't understand why I'm not heard by millions of people. I was just on a, a radio show the other day and I was heard by 4 million people. And I said, well, what radio show was that? She's like, oh, I don't know. It was some station out of Indianapolis. And we started to talk about that. And I'm like, no, they have a reach of 4 million people. That doesn't mean that everyone within that signal was listening to you at that time. And God forbid, what if somebody was an ideal customer, but they, uh, they happened to just pick their kid up from school right at that time. They can't hit pause on the radio. They can't go back on that. And it's amazing. I think, you know, before I said, um, it was only 150 people on this podcast. Well, I tell you what, I have gotten on airplanes going flown across country, uh, to talk to 50 ideal customers. Right. And to think that we get to do this, you know, you're in California, I'm in Michigan and we get to do this from our homes or our offices. Um, there's a lot of problems in the world today, but there is no better time to be alive and no better time to be marketing your business. Well, that's a really nice positive attitude. Thank you for sharing that with all of us. That was very genuine. But no, I mean, we'll even have podcast guests that come on. I mean, they come on and they follow up after. And it's amazing because they're like, I got business from it. I'm like, well, isn't that the point of why you're actually sharing your insights to actually lead to further conversations and actually potentially get business? And you have these entrepreneurs and thought leaders and they're like, but it works. And they're always, there's this like this sound of like amazement in their voice. I'm like, well, yeah, the goal is not, my goal is not to get you business. I'm here. My goal is to have you share your insights with our listeners who are hungry for knowledge. And as a result, if you're awesome, you get new business. Isn't that an awesome way to make it all work? And they're like, yeah, that's great. And it really does work for people who position themselves well. My favorite tweet tweet ever came from Rand Fishkin. If he ever puts it up like an, with an NFT or something, that will be the first NFT I ever buy. But he wrote that the best way to sell something today is not to sell anything, but to earn the respect, awareness, and trust of those who might buy. And that's something we teach our clients. Like this is not an infomercial. If you start making a pitch and an infomercial, I guarantee you that that recording is going to get lost, right? It will never go live. But if you bring value, it's like uh, Doug Sandler from the Nice Guys on Business podcast once said, he's like, you don't have to promote yourself. If you do a good job, I will promote you better than you ever could. And it's true. I mean, that's all things about thought leadership. I mean, podcasting is just one avenue. You could be a writer, but not everyone wants to write. Some people are do much better. My husband is an example, way better auditorily sharing, and then taking that and turning that content into a transcript that he can then repurpose. And it could be turned into an ebook or into social media content or videos or all the different things that podcasting allows you to do. Isn't it amazing that we can create in the way that's easiest for us and then repurpose it in the way that's easiest for everyone else, right? Because uh, right now, podcasts are listened to by 51% of the adult US population. And I remember somebody asking me, well, when do you think that'll get to 100? I'm, not sure, if, I'm not sure if radio and television ever got to 100. Um, 
10% of the US population is hearing impaired, they're not going to listen to my podcast, right? But you could take that, you can make blogs out of it, you can make videos. Uh, for me, writing is tough. You know, I'm an engineer. Uh, I think English is my second language. I'm not sure what my first one is. But Coding. you're probably uh, little lines and codes and like little tiny, like little tiny uh, words written next to the very detail. And it makes sense to me, but you can take that and repurpose it. Or the people that are great at writing, you'd be amazed how many podcasts out there. And I'm not going to mention anybody. There's some, some major podcasts out there where they're reading blogs that they previously posted and nobody ever catches that. Right. Because I, did the that. People- well, I did that when I launched this podcast, like I had created, I started writing blogs back in 2012. I'll admit it that I did that. You're like, mm-hmm. people do this. No, I did this. And for my first, like trying to figure out it's scary as if you're starting your own podcast, if you're trying to like figure out what you're going to do, whether there's a camera or just a recording, you're like, how am I going to be saying on topic? What do I do? Do I create an outline? Do I take something I've already written? I took what I written, I had written, and then I beefed it up and talked more about it. So it's an easy way to get yourself started. Yes. Mm-hmm. As a segue, going into you know what we started off talking about was the mistakes people make in thinking that everything has to be mistake free. And if you're approaching instead that you're having a genuine conversation on a podcast and you're really concerned about making sure your words are dialing in, you have an opportunity to wordsmith all that awesome content you can repurpose, right? You do. And you can have that conversation and almost real time, right? Because I believe that we all have opinions, right? I've got an opinion. You've got an opinion. I can hire a consultant that has an opinion, but our customers are the experts, right? And they'll tell us what they love and what they loathe. So if you start going down this tangent and you see the host just rolling their eyes, maybe that's good feedback, right? But if they start asking follow-up questions on that, if you start talking about something on a podcast interview and it's like, wow, that really resonated. There was a lot of engagement over there. Well, that's great market feedback. And that's market feedback that I would never get if I sat in my cubicle and tried to make everything perfect, right? Because right now, I don't care what product or service you have. It could be version 1.0. It could be the minimally viable product that you're almost ashamed to put out there. That is the answer to someone's prayers right now. There's someone out there that'll be go, wow, I need that. Or I know somebody that needs that. So the idea that you're going to make it perfect um, will not work. And I, I, I always laugh that the best piece of fiction I have ever written or read was my business plan for interview valet, right? <laughs> Everything was up and to the right. And I had it all figured out until it got out there and the market gave me feedback. And they're like, yep, we love this. We load that do more of this, do less of that. And so it's that getting out those conversations where the market tells you exactly what they want. And you just have to be smart enough to, to, to listen to them. Yeah. I think some of the best podcast guests that I've had have just been real and authentic where they're able to bring their selves to the podcast and they're not so in their heads that they're trying to be like, Oh, am I going to say the right thing here? Or they generally want to laugh and they laugh and it's fun or they cuss or they do whatever it is, but it's genuine. And I think those are the podcasts that do well. 
isn't it amazing? Like the word interview, because we keep calling these podcast interviews and I understand why, but interviews are boring, right? Conversations are really interesting. And to me, podcasts are like going to, uh, you know, Denny's or something. You go there for breakfast. Now, sometimes it's at 2 a.m. when the bars get out. Sometimes it's at 8 a.m., right? Different podcasts and everything. But if the person next to me is doing interviews, if they're interviewing for the new busboy and they're asking the same people the same five questions over and over, it's like, yeah, I don't want to listen into that. But if it's a heartfelt conversation, you know, there's something about us that are, okay, something about me that's a voyeur, right? That I want to listen into that. I think that's interesting. Um, you know, and it would be rude for me to turn around and watch them. It would be rude for me to, to get in on the conversation. But I think we've all been there where we just can't turn it off because we want to, to listen in on that heartfelt conversation. What are other mistakes that people sometimes do as podcasters and like in regards to expectation management? Part of it is thinking that this is like radio or that they're used to it. Oh yeah, I know, I know how to do this. I've, I've done television. I've done radio. One of the best clients we ever had. And one of the worst guests at the very beginning was a TV commentator. He was on, you could turn on national um, news and three, three nights out of the week. Uh, you'll see Morgan right there. And I remember when he started to do his, his first podcast interviews, um, Morgan's become a great friend, great mentor, but I had to tell him, Morgan, you gotta, you gotta drag these things out. This guy is so sharp, so tight. He can give you an answer in 30 seconds. That's to the point. Well, you do that on a podcast that lasts 30 minutes, they're going to run out of questions five minutes into it, right? So it was a different medium. Let's tell stories. Let's have a conversation. So some people do that. Other ones maybe will think of it as radio and they've got to get all their message in before, before news and weather on the fives. So you hear this so often at the end and people go, well, Stacy will say, well, Tom, how can people find out about you? And they'll try speeding it up quickly. And, you know, because they, tr they think there's a, a time clock there and nobody can understand them. So that's one there too. The other one is to think that the interview goes from the time we hit record to the time it stops. You know, there should be a lot beforehand. You should prepare for it. You know, would you get up on a physical stage in front of, a hundred, a thousand people and just go, you know, I'm going to wing it. Stacy, thanks for inviting me to talk on your physical stage um, in um, there in, in Los Angeles. And I'm just going to show up. Uh, I, I don't look good. Right. Um, I don't sound good. And, but I'll wing it. I know my stuff. So people won't, won't prepare for it. They won't do the research on it. Or then afterwards, they're like, we hang up. And they're like, okay, well, that podcast interview is over. I'm going on to the next one. Well, no, why don't, why don't you follow them on social media? Why don't you post the interview that goes on? Why don't you tag the host, right? We're all vain. And if you tag the host, they're going to see it. They might tell other podcasters that, you know, Tom was really a, a gracious guest. Uh, when you tag them, all their followers see it too. So why wouldn't you do that? So I think a lot of times we talked about at the beginning, people are, are so focused on 
more, more, more. How can I get on that next podcast as opposed to how can I make the most out of this? I will say like we have so many guests who come on and we certainly, you know, we clip things, we put them on social, we put them on LinkedIn, not everyone and we tag them, right? But they don't necessarily like come back. It's not that I care. I don't need ego wise to be like, thanks, Stacey, you are a great host. I'm so happy to have been on your show. But you would think that they would engage and come up with something pithy and like say like something that brings it back and that they would share that post and share the content we're creating for them across their socials because it gives them a validation and expertise that they were asking us for, but they're not running with to actually do. It's the question of, are you focused on growing your brand and growing your business? Or are you focused on, I just want to do another podcast interview because they're two different things. And the best people that we've worked with, we've seen, um, you know, they'll, they'll redo an article and say, this is the blog, or this is an article from the interview that I did with Stacy Jones on the marketing mistakes. Well, all of a sudden that gets picked up in a journal and they'll mention the host in there, right? Some of that cross promotion that, that is very, very powerful. We've had other clients that will, I don't want to use the word target because it sounds really bad. They will do paid Facebook ads to the community for the 30 days after the, uh, the podcast drops, right? So um, targeting advertising, specifically getting your messaging where you're a built-in expertise thought leader right there served up by Facebook. And that's not a high expense at all that you can be doing on that. And it's very very targeted. I just, they just heard you on a podcast and now they see your ads or uh, you pop up on social media. Um, That is a great way to, uh, to engage them. So since this is all about providing value to our listeners, but also our listeners providing value to you and reverse going back and forth, how can people learn more about Tom? Where should they go? All right. If you want to see what a welcome page looks like and how, I'll pull back the curtain. This is how it's done, right? So if you go to interviewvalet.com forward slash marketing mistakes, that's a welcome page. And you can copy that. You can use that. And let me tell you what you're going to see. You're going to see Stacy's picture there, right? Because you don't know who I am. Stacy's your friend. You like her, right? So the first thing that's going to pop up there is going to be that hero image, right? Just like in e-commerce, that trust seal. You're going to see the logo for the podcast. Then you're going to see some boilerplate text welcoming you there because we're recording this in 2021. You may be listening to this in 2023. And if you come to the homepage, I guarantee it's going to be different. So you're going to see that there's going to be some, some text there. You're going to see a picture of me. Some of you are just going to go, wow, I wonder what he looks like. And you're going to go there and find out, go there to find out if I'm as good looking as I sound. You will be disappointed, but you'll go there. No, not at all. There'll be the social media. So if you want to connect with me there. And remember before I mentioned three calls to action, a small yes, a medium yes, and a heck yes. I already told you what my calls to action are. So there's a assessment podcast interview, marketing assessment, 10 questions, you get a score. 
will this work for you? Everybody wants to know their score. So that'll be there at interviewvalet.com forward slash marketing mistakes. Stacy was nice enough to mention my books. I'm not here to sell my books. If you want a copy of Podcast Guest Profits, go there. You can, you can get a free book. If you're in the United States, I'll mail you one. Um, if you're outside there, we'll email it. So that was the small yes, the medium yes, the heck yes. Remember I said, if, if they're like, wow, this makes sense. This resonates with me. Um, they want to connect. Well, I'll put my calendar schedule in link there. If you want a discovery call about how you could leverage podcast interviews to grow your business and grow your brand, it'll always be, all be there. And it'll always be there too at interviewvalet.com forward slash marketing mistakes which will also be in the show notes in case someone is driving, running, walking your dog, whatever may have you, and you don't have the memory to remember that, which I would not. So we have a place for you too. And so one thing that you just said um, with the fact that you have in uvalet.com backslash marketing mistakes or forward slash, sorry, marketing mistakes. You have a custom landing page for every podcast. You are not rinsing and repeating. You are not saying, here, I'm going to send all the audiences on any podcast to this page. You're actually able to see truly the type of results you get because you do that. Yes, it's a cloned page. Mm -hmm. So what's really changing is the podcast hosts, um, the pronoun, the podcast name, the hero images. And you always make sure that you don't index that. So Google doesn't punish you for duplicate content. If you talk about a different offer, you'll put that in there, but you're right. That is the way that you can attribute traffic. So I know which podcast was a home run, which one was a base hit. And, you know, we've got some clients that their marketing is very, um, very sophisticated and they'll tag it. And so for every email that you get for the next 30 days, they'll mention the host because guess what? The host is the influencer. The host is the person that they know, like, and trust. And it's very, very powerful. And for any of you guys using HubSpot, we're actually playing with this feature ourselves right now because you can build this in your e-newsletters that HubSpot will help you target different messaging based on who is enrolled. And there's other platforms like that too, but just a FYI, I just discovered this when our uh, tech guru came to me to share that little insight. It's a very good insight. So Tom, any last words, because we have to wrap it up, we're running out of time, of advice as takeaways that our listeners really need to pay attention to? Yeah, I would just challenge you. What you know could help people. And it could help you also, right? What's ordinary to you is amazing to others. And it's never been easier to get that out uh, as a podcast guest, as a podcast host, writing blogs, whatever way that you can do that. Um, but I, I look at it, we're all blessed to be a blessing and take what you know and, and go out there. Some people will say, well, I'm not an expert. Well, if you look at the legal definition of an expert, it's somebody that knows more than the average person because of their training, their experience, their, their life, uh, life experience. You know more about your business than anybody. You know more about your industry than 99% of the people in the world. You are the undisputed expert of your opinion. So with that, go out there and share it and, and share what you know, because it'll help you and it'll help other people. 
That's a great note to end on, Tom. Thank you so much for sharing that. Thank you, Stacy. And again, appreciate you so much for being on the show. I think this was enlightening for many who might have been thinking about podcasting but haven't quite gotten up the gumption. It's a lot easier to be a podcast guest than to be a podcast host, I will tell you. And it's a good way to start out in this industry. I think you'd agree, Tom. Definitely. And I appreciate what you do. Anybody that says doing a podcast is easy has never done it or never done it well. Uh, So for the listeners, thank you so much for tuning in today. I really really appreciate you listening to Marketing Mistakes and how to avoid them. And as you know, at Hollywood Branded, we are so passionate about branded content, whether that's making your own or being in someone else's. And we believe that leveraging influencers and celebrities and TV and film and music for product placement and integration and endorsements can really help your brand tremendously and give you the ability to highly engage, create major brand awareness, and ultimately drive your sales. So if you ever have any questions and how to do that, remember you can reach out to myself and my team, and I look forward to chatting with you soon.